0: Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. 32 teams started out on the road to Super Bowl 56. Now, just eight remain. Super Wildcard Weekend is in the books. We lost six more teams in the NFL's postseason playoffs. And if you followed the show last weekend, you will be all too well aware. We went a perfect 6-0 against the line. Welcome along to Graves on Gridiron. I am your host, Richard Graves. Without further ado... Let's turn the page on to Divisional Weekend in the NFL. Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Yes, welcome back to Graves on Gridiron, a new episode for another round in the NFL's postseason. It's divisional weekend. Four games remain. We're just over three weeks away from Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles. Eight teams vying for two spots. And the first game on Saturday night, a doubleheader on Saturday, a doubleheader on Sunday. It all kicks off with the Cincinnati Bengals, fresh off of ending a 31-year playoff winless drought by beating the Las Vegas Raiders. Their reward for that, a trip to Nashville, Tennessee to take on the AFC's number one seeded Tennessee Titans. The opening line for this game sets total points at 47 for the game. The Bengals go into Nashville with a number seven ranked scoring offense, taking on a Titans side who hold the number six ranked scoring defense. It's often said in the playoffs, defense wins championships, and that may well prove to be true in this case, but still expect plenty of points in an entertaining game on Saturday. Tennessee is fresh off a bye week. They're buzz with talk of the impending return of running back Derrick Henry, who, despite being sidelined since week eight, still somehow finished among the top 10 leading rushers in the NFL this season, and his 117.1 rushing yards per game remains an NFL best mark this year. And you have to say, the Titans, with their, ne- their number two ranked rushing offense, that's a mark made all the more impressive by the fact that their best running back hasn't been available to them for the second half of the season. If Derrick Henry does return on Saturday, that's going to be a big problem for a Bengals defensive front, which is banged up after losing defensive tackle Larry Ogden Joby in that wildcard win over the Raiders last weekend with a season ending foot injury. There's anxiety surrounding news of defensive end Trey Hendrickson as well. He suffered a concussion in that game and is going through the NFL's concussion protocol this week. He has 15 sacks to his name this season. If he is not able to go, that is a massive blow to the Bengals' defence. And there's doubts as well around defensive lineman Josh Tupu, who has a knee injury. Align that with the groin injury that Mike Daniels picked up last weekend, which may yet prove to be season-ending. Look, it's a tough enough assignment when everybody's healthy, but when you've got so many injuries surrounding your defensive front, none of that bodes well um, for this unit, and that's despite it being ranked fifth against the run this season. It likely means, in my opinion, that for Cincinnati to be successful this weekend... They're going to have to do it on the back of their offense. And that means quarterback Joe Burrow, first and foremost, having a clean game. No turnovers, no interceptions. Rookie wide receiver Jamar Chase, he broke another Bengals record last weekend. He finished the game against the Raiders with 116 receiving yards. That is the most um, by any receiver in Bengals history in a single postseason game. His home run threat is going to be pivotal for the Bengals this weekend if they are to come out on top, as will the ability to run the ball well, and that largely falls on the shoulders of Pro Bowl running back Joe Mixon. Let's not forget, of course, amidst all the talk of Derrick Henry's impending return, the Titans do have their own receiving threats as well. They have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. The Titans are no stranger to postseason football anymore. This is their third straight year in the playoffs, And I have to say, they may just be the most under-the-radar number one seeded team that I can remember, certainly in recent history. Um, Jeffrey Simmons and the Titans' defensive front will be charged with getting pressure on Joe Burrow and disrupting this explosive Bengals' offence. I believe they will. But I also think this will be an entertaining contest. I think the, the Bengals will be under no illusions. They go into this with their eyes open. They have to get points on the board. Equally, the Titans have a strong run game. They will lean on that. That keeps the Bengals' offence on the sideline. It chews up game clock as well. I expect points to to be scored by both sides in this game. I really do. And to that end, on that line of 47 points, take the over. Over 47 total points in this game. Our second game on Saturday, the primetime matchup. It's a storied one. It sees the San Francisco 49ers fresh off of their road win last weekend in Dallas, travelling to Lambeau Field to take on the NFC's number one seeded Green Bay Packers. The line I've picked out for this game, the Green Bay Packers game points 27 and a half. I'm going to say take the over and I'll proceed to explain um, why I've come to that conclusion here. The Packers and 49ers have met in the postseason three times in the past decade. In those meetings, the San Francisco 49ers have a perfect 3-0 record against Green Bay, and they went to the Super Bowl following two of those wins. Now, admittedly, they didn't win either of those Super Bowls, but they did go on to play in the big game itself. I have to tell you, it's a personal feeling, but I do feel that this has an air of a date with destiny for Green Bay, After losing the NFC Championship game in four of the last seasons, put that into some sort of context, they've been to the NFC Championship game in four of the last seasons. They have lost the lot. Well, they're the number one seed in the NFC once again right now. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers has had another MVP-type year to back up last year's MVP season, and they've already won at San Francisco this time around. But make no mistake... No one in Green Bay needs reminding about the last time these two met in the NFC Championship game just two years ago. The 49ers dominated Green Bay on that occasion. The final score was 37-20. I'm not sure that that does the dominance of the 49ers due service. They attempted just eight passes in the entire game, and that's because they absolutely gashed the Packers on the ground for 285 yards. As I highlighted last weekend, looking ahead to the the Niners-Cowboys game, wide receiver Debo Samuel is San Francisco's main threat. He racked up 110 scrimmage yards against Dallas. He scored a touchdown as well in that win. He's now got 10 touchdowns in the Niners' last nine games. Of course, Green Bay have their own receiving threat. Devontae Adams needs... No introduction. And in that week three, three win in San Francisco, he absolutely torched their defence. 132 receiving yards and a touchdown. He has 11 TDs on the season. I think we can expect Aaron Rodgers to air this ball out early in this game and test the San Francisco secondary. It's a secondary that's given up a league-leading 20 pass interference penalties this season. Do you not think Aaron Rodgers knows that? He will try to test them out early doors. I have no doubt about that. The 49ers, on the other hand, have concerns of their own. They will be hoping that defensive end Nick Bosa can come through concussion protocol. He got caught up in a bit of friendly fire in the second quarter in Dallas. He didn't play another snap in that game in the second half. He's been key to the 49ers' number three-ranked defense this season. He has 15 and a half sacks to his name. If you're going to beat the Green Bay Packers, you have to make Aaron Rodgers feel uncomfortable. If Nick Bosa isn't good to go, that's a really big weapon on the defensive side of the ball, missing for San Francisco. They are likely to have linebacker Fred Warner available, though. He rolled an ankle against Dallas. Um, He came back into the game, albeit briefly, but he has tweeted out already this week week that he feels good. He's been at practice the news on Fred Warner looks a little bit more positive, but Nick Bosa is likely to go right to the wire. It's a short week. Remember, they played Dallas on Sunday. They play in primetime Saturday night. They will be holding their breath to see if Nick Bosa is good to go. And, of course, let's not forget, they're going to... Like everybody knows about the mystique of Lambeau Field. It might not have always borne out for Green Bay in the playoffs, but certainly during the course of this season, in the regular season... The Packers feel very comfortable playing at home. They are undefeated, a perfect 8-0 and at home this season. They average 30.6 points per game when playing at Lambeau Field. Again, if you're the San Francisco 49ers and you're missing, arguably your best defensive player against a team that, for fun, is just posting 30 points plus on the board each game, that's a problem. Align that, home or away, in their last seven games this season, in six of them. The Packers scored at least 30 points. They've got wide receiver Randall Cobb, who's expected to return from a core muscle injury this weekend. They've got key players themselves, defensively, that may well return. Cornerback Jair Alexander, pass rusher Zadarius Smith, both have been practising this week. Look, the 49ers' recent record in the postseason has been excellent against Green Bay. We said right at the top, 3-0. But the Packers coming into this game are close to full strength once more. They've had an entire week's rest. they got to sit back and watch the San Francisco 49ers and everything they put into the game, the plays they called against Dallas in that win last weekend. Expect Aaron Rodgers and the Packers' offense to come out humming in this one. I think 27.5 points is generous. Green Bay to score over 27.5 points this game. Take the over on that over 27.5 points for the Green Bay Packers. Okay, let's go to the opening game on Sunday's doubleheader. It sees the reigning defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, hosting the team whose home venue. Will be hosting Super Bowl 56 in a little over three weeks' time. Tampa Bay got to the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl on their home ground last year. The LA Rams now want to emulate that themselves this year in Super Bowl 56. Last weekend, we saw two incredibly impressive performances from these two teams. Tampa Bay swatted away the Philadelphia Eagles last weekend. It wasn't a contest, quite frankly while the Rams turned in what might be their most impressive performance this season in taking care of the Arizona Cardinals. Tampa's win over the Philadelphia Eagles did come at a cost, though. Starting right tackle, second-year player Tristan Wirfs hasn't missed a snap in his NFL career. Well, he suffered a right ankle sprain early on in that game. He tried coming in um, but could only play one more snap. He's been in a walking boot all week. We're told by head coach Bruce Arians he will be likely a game-time decision. Centre, Ryan Jensen, also suffered an ankle sprain, although he was able to finish the game against the Eagles um, on Sunday. And you have backup offensive tackle Josh Wells, who has a quad injury, although he did play through it last weekend. As a result of those injuries, changes to the offensive line, Tom Brady, who had only been sacked 23 times throughout the entirety of the regular season, was sacked four times last weekend by the Philadelphia Eagles. This is not good news when you consider what you're going up against this weekend. A Rams defensive front that has perennial pro bowler, multi-time defensive player of the year Aaron Donald, a defensive front that has Super Bowl 50 MVP Von Miller in it, and nobody really talks about Leonard Floyd, who's, part of this front as well they were outstanding for the Rams on Monday night and if the Bucks offensive line isn't at full strength make no mistake this is going to be a concern for Tampa Bay and it is a matchup problem for them remember the book on Tom Brady is if you can move him off his spot and make him feel uncomfortable then you have a chance against him when he's, you're only being sacked 23 times across 17 games, it's not tough to see why Tampa Bay are winning games in the regular season with Tom Brady at quarterback. On a positive note, with the return of linebackers Levante David, Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul for Tampa Bay last weekend, their defence returns to somewhere near full strength and they were really impressive against the Eagles. They, they never gave them a sniff till late on in the game when it was done and dusted. They'll need to be playing at that standard again if they are to bottle up um, the Rams' star wide receivers, the likes of Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., and so on. Ultimately, for me at least, this game could come down to who can run the ball most effectively. Leonard Fournette is expected to return for the Buccaneers this weekend, and from their perspective, if they can get a return to the playoff Lenny kind of form we saw 12 months ago, that would be really welcome um, right now. But these two teams boast two of the stoutest run defences in the game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defence ranks third against the run. LA Rams' run defence ranks sixth against the run. If points are going to be scored, it's likely to be through the air in a game where you're featuring... The top two touchdown passers in the game this season, Tom Brady, led the league with 43. Matthew Stafford has 41. And to that end, I think the Rams receivers hold a, a little bit of an advantage. The question, of course, is, can Matthew Stafford play a clean game? That's what we saw against the Arizona Cardinals on Monday night. Everything looks great. The problem has been that too often during the course of the regular season, Matthew Stafford has shown a tendency to, to throw interceptions, turn the ball over, and that has changed the course of games. You think back to the road game against the San Francisco 49ers, pick six involved. You think back to the regular season finale. You're up 17-zip against the 49ers. They start trying to come back. The Rams are still in control. Stafford throws an interception. Game goes to overtime. He then proceeds to throw a game-ending interception. Matthew Stafford has to play a clean game if the LA Rams are to win this game. If he can do that, in my opinion, this is the perfect time to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're banged up on their offensive line. They're missing players like Chris Godwin, for example, who've been pivotal to what they've done offensively um, in the last two seasons. Leonard Fournette has missed time with an injury Although he's likely to come back this weekend, the question mark is how fit is he? Um, How far can he go over the course of the game? That air of invincibility that surrounded the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in last year's Super Bowl run isn't quite there this time round. The Rams have beaten them home and away over the past two seasons. Remember, it was early Um, This season, they took care of them quite comfortably, putting over 30 points on the board against them in a win at SoFi Stadium. They won by three points at Raymond James Stadium uh, last season as well, so they know what it takes to beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers at this venue. I think they're primed to pull off the shock this weekend. The oddsmakers have the Rams as slight underdogs. They've got them at plus three. I'm going to take that. Take the LA Rams to pull off the shock of the weekend and eliminate the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Take the Rams at plus three. Graves on Gridiron. Well, we're saving the best for last. The final game in divisional weekend sees the Buffalo Bills travel to the Kansas City Chiefs in a repeat of last year's AFC Championship game. It's a rerun of a regular season contest earlier this season as well. Remember, 12 months ago, it was the Kansas City Chiefs who ran out 38-24 winners. But back in week five this season, the Bills went into Arrowhead and came away with a pretty impressive 38 points to 20 win themselves. The opening line for this game has the Kansas City Chiefs as one and a half point favourites. As I keep saying, the odds makers give you three points for playing at home. That means that if this game was being played in Buffalo, the Bills would be four and a half point favourites for this game. It's a coin flip game. The odds makers don't know where to go. It's the tastiest game of the weekend by an absolute mile. Remember when the Bills won back in week five, all the talk that followed was of Buffalo getting over the hump, potentially being the team to beat in the AFC. Don't you believe it? That result, no disrespect to Buffalo, it counts for absolutely nothing heading into this matchup. The sight of Bills wide receiver Stefan Diggs standing all alone on the field, looking on as the Chiefs celebrated that AFC Championship uh, success 12 months ago, is still the abiding, overriding image that seared on my mind to come out of the game. Bottom line, regardless of what happened in week five this season, the Kansas City Chiefs have represented the AFC in each of the past two Super Bowls. And until another team knocks them out of the playoffs, they remain the standard bearers in this conference. No doubt the hugely impressive fashion in which quarterback Josh Allen, the Bills, disposed of the New England Patriots last weekend, has won many doubters, many people who weren't sure which way to go. It's won them over. Seven drives... Seven touchdowns. It was a flawless performance from Josh Allen. Ominously, though, the Kansas City Chiefs appear to be peaking again at exactly the right time of the season. Remember, it was back in week seven that they sat rock bottom of the AFC West division. And then it was their defence which stiffened, showed signs of life and began laying a base for the team's results to improve. Since week 14 this season... It's been the Kansas City Chiefs' offence that's shown life. In their past six games, the Chiefs have scored a combined 219 points. That's 36.5 points per game. Look, it's the perfect matchup for me. The Chiefs' red-hot offence against the Bills' number one-ranked defence. Buffalo fans, you will rightly argue that your team's offence is pretty hot right now. As well, After all, just look at what they did last weekend, as we've already touched upon to the New England Patriots. Remember, they had the number four ranked defence going into that game. Josh Allen and the Bills didn't care, blew them away. Two questions remain for me, though, going into this game. One, can they repeat that level in back-to-back weeks? And two, can you beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs when it matters most? There's an old saying. To be the man, you've got to beat the man. Well, Buffalo, this is your opportunity to be that man right now. But at the moment, until you do that, the Kansas City Chiefs are the standard bearers. The Kansas City Chiefs are the man in this contest. And until the Buffalo Bills prove otherwise, I am going to take the Kansas City Chiefs to be the last man left standing They will cover the 1.5-point spread. They will win this game. Take the Kansas City Chiefs at minus 1.5. Okay, there we go. Four games, four picks against the line. We went a perfect 6-0 in Super Wildcard Weekend. We're looking to add four more this weekend in the divisional round and improve that record to a perfect 10-0 in the postseason. Remember, of course, first and foremost, it's fun. It's intended to be fun. Use it as such. Enjoy this weekend's games. And if you are getting involved and um, having a little dabble here and there, don't spend more money than, than you've got. Keep it fun, folks. Everything we've spoken about on today's podcast, you can go to the www.gravesongridiron.com, drop down to the Talking Sports section and see it discussed in maybe a little bit more detail there in the blog. Alternatively, hit me up on Twitter, at Richard Graves one It's been fun discussing the NFL once again. We're looking forward to the divisional round of matches and I'm looking forward to joining you once again next week when eights will become four and we'll discuss the last four standing on the road to Super Bowl 56. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the NFL matchups, guys. Subscribe to Graves on Gridiron wherever you listen to podcasts and keep up to date with the latest on Twitter. Search for Richard Graves 1. That's Richard Graves, the number one.